Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel, and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. And it's a question and answer show today, and it's a really important question that I get a lot of. So I really want to address that today in the show. And most definitely, this is for the narcissistic uh, new life community. It's one of these shows that I know will be able to help you get really, really clear if you are struggling with the topic of today's show. But before I get into that, I'd just like to say thank you for the responses to uh, last week's blog post. And I've had so many inspirational emails from people that have ordered Gary's book and got stuck into it. And some people got it very, very quickly uh, in Australia. They got onto Booktopia and other people in the US getting it through Amazon or bookshops. And people have been getting through the book in a day or two and just going, wow. So I'm so really pleased that you got as much out of it as what I have. And uh, for anybody that hasn't or you're sitting a little bit on the fence and you're thinking, well, maybe I'll get the book or maybe I won't, it's by Gary uh, Zutas and it's Spiritual Partnership and it is just fantastic. So I can't recommend it enough. And I'm uh, not an affiliate. I didn't actually, we're going to be getting in contact with Gary later on this year and uh, hoping to be a partner with him because his stuff is so awesome. And... uh, So I'm not benefiting from this in any shape or form at this point. I'm just really passionate about the book, so I'd really love you to get into it and get onto it. Also, before I start the show today, I'd like to talk a little bit about the 30-day challenge that's coming up. It's going to be so exciting. It's part of the Empowered Self, uh, Empowered Love and Life newsletter. So if you haven't subscribed yet, you can see the links on my blog or on my website to be a subscriber. Lots of you are looking forward to it, which is great. Uh, People in the uh, Facebook group are talking about it. It's going to be really good. So I want to talk to you a little bit. It starts in early February, so you're going to get, you've still got a little bit of notice. We're not far off it. It's going to be starting, um, I think, late this week we're going to kick it off, which is going to be really cool. So what you're going to get out of it, it's, establishing who you want your new empowered self to be and what you want to achieve in your new empowered life. This 30-day challenge is going to help you build self-confidence, deservedness, and a firm self-belief from the inside out, which is all about the authentic power, that will allow you to start achieving your goals. It's going to be a lot about breaking free from codependency and becoming self-reliant and independent so that you can create true interdependency, which is healthy connections from that place of being a source to yourself first. It's going to be about creating healthy and assertive boundaries 
that will keep out unauthentic people and will draw authentic people into your vibration in your life. So this 30 days to empower itself is going to be a journey to achieving and aligning what you want in life. That's the sum up. So how it's going to work. So this 30 days to empower itself is going to include exercises for you to complete each week as well as pro-growth questions to allow you to easily evaluate how you're going. Now because consistent action towards these goals is pivotal, sorry, pivotal, I'm going to be encouraging everybody to post their progress in the comments of the blogs each week and I'm going to be giving away prizes to people. Some of them are quite significant and I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag yet about what they are, but they are going to be significant. And I'm going to be giving away prizes to people who post their progress each week. So that's going to keep you accountable and give you some motivation to be accountable, which is what it's all about. So that's exciting. So uh, just to recap on that, if you haven't as yet to Empowered Life and Love newsletter, you can go to the www.melanietoniaevans.com and there's a big subscriber box right in front on the front page of the website or you can go to my blog and you can see a subscriber box there. So it's all good. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be a lot of win-win because you're going to get so much out of it. So today's show is really, really important. And I received this question a lot and there'll be a newsletter going out about it tomorrow as well about this radio show. So that's going to really help uh, reinforce what I'm saying in this radio show if you go through that blog too. So I don't know if any of you remember, as a, oh, sorry, I better announce this show. I haven't announced it yet. Okay, what this show is, the question and answer show is, is can narcissists be loving? So this show is very important and it will assist you to get clear if you're living the experience of I love you, I love you not. I often receive questions regarding people's confusion about a narcissistic partner specifically who on one hand grants copious amounts of love, affection and support and then can act intensely narcissistically. So during this show you're going to learn about the altruistic narcissist and why they can be very alluring, and why it can be so difficult to realize that they are abusive despite their acts of kindness and benevolence. You're also going to learn how to spot and avoid being drawn into a relationship with an altruistic narcissist. Okay, so I don't know if you remember as a child, especially for the girls, that you might have played a game with a daisy and you were picking the petals and you said, he loves me, he loves me not. When you got to the last petal, you had your answer one way or the other. When you're in a relationship with a narcissist, and especially an altruistic narcissist, before you get very clear about what is going on, that answer could change in a heartbeat. And you're left reeling, wondering what the real answer is. And of course, this is emotionally torturous. And this is a especially applicable if the narcissist in your life happens to be exceptionally loving, giving, caring and attentive in those times when he or she, in inverted commas, loves you. I've had so many clients and subscribers 
expressed their utter dismay and confusion, asking how this person could be narcissistic when they have the ability to be so incredibly supportive, giving and adoring, and they even enjoy and say that they enjoy seeing their partner happy. How can this same person then act out, devalue, discard, and malicious emotional abuse? I too went through this. I used to be tormented in a narcissistic relationship with this enormous dichotomy. And I can certainly relate to how mind-bending this situation is. Now, to add to this confusion, even people that know a lot about narcissism realize that many narcissistic information sources state that narcissists when they get past the initial honeymoon uh, hooking period, cannot bear being loving or being told by someone they are loved. They don't say loving words and they certainly don't engage in loving, supportive, attentive behaviour after the honeymoon period is finished. Or if they do, that's very, very spasmodic. There's a lot more of devalue and discard going on and much, much, much less of loving, attentive, caring, supportive behavior. Now, I'm here to tell you it's really important that you do not take that as gospel, and I'm going to explain to you why. It's also very, very important to realize that one of the contemporary die-hard criteria for a narcissist, I would say sub-criteria, because I'm going to be talking about the absolute criteria, but some of the sub-criteria is that narcissists don't like seeing you happy. Okay? Now, the altruistic narcissist can certainly express that and can certainly be that. This is going to help you understand why. There are also reports of suspected narcissists who have been able to retain relationships with exes. And these exes don't act as if they've been narcissistically abused. So understandably, these partners coming on to the scene view that and they're going to think, well, this person cannot be a narcissist because there's not these broken, hooked people that have put ADOs, done no contact, etc., etc., etc. So for those of you who are seriously confused about whether or not your partner or ex-partner is in fact narcissistic because he or she can be so wonderful, I really hope that this radio show is going to help clear up this confusion for you and give you the criteria as to what is narcissistic and what is an altruistic narcissist. So the altruistic narcissist, Sam Batkin does some great stuff. You know, we all know that Sam Batman is, a self-professed malignant narcissist. He's highly intelligent and he's written copious amounts of information and done lots of YouTubes, etc., that have been very powerful because he gives you the inside out. And he knows narcissism inside out himself. So he is a great source of deeply understanding the workings of a narcissist's mind. And he's written about the altruistic narcissist. So according to Dr. Banken, and this is his quote, some narcissists are ostentatiously generous. They donate to charity, they lavish gifts on their closest, abundantly provide for their nearest and dearest, 
and in general are open-handed and unstingingly benevolent. How can this be reconciled with the pronounced lack of empathy and with the pernicious self-preoccupation that is so typical of narcissists? The act of giving enhances the narcissist's sense of omnipotence, his fantastic grandiosity, and the contempt he holds for others. It is easy to feel superior to the supplicating recipients of one's largesse. Narcissistic altruism is about exerting control and maintaining it by fostering dependence in the beneficiaries. But narcissists give for other reasons as well. The narcissist flaunts his charitable nature as a bait. He impresses others with his selflessness and kindness and thus lures them into his lair, entraps them and manipulates and brainwashes them into subservient compliance and obsequious collaboration. People are attracted to the narcissist's larger-than-life posture only to discover his true personality traits when it is far too late. Give a little to take a lot is the narcissist's creed. Sam also discusses in other articles that he's written and it's in his book, Malignant, uh, Malignant Self-Love, which is an incredible resource. Sam also discusses how altruistic narcissists also use the giving of time, affection, possessions, money and energy as weapons. To declare the imbalance of their relationships, how unfairly they have been treated and the grandstanding of look at what I put into this and what you don't. In the case of ex-partners being assisted, able to call up favours and be supported in some way emotionally or financially by the narcissist, this ongoing and readily accessible narcissistic supply. The narcissist is also very adept at convincing ex-partners how much he or she has now since their relationship ended and attracting and this creates the attracting of potential relationship attention from those people again which is all narcissistic ego bolstering as a result these ex-partners provide a source of approval and adoration and even sex when required or when the narcissist committed relationship is not sufficiently feeding his or her false self the narcissist will also use these sources to smear his current partner in order to receive sympathy as a form of additional narcissistic supply. So that stuff's very important to understand that this great person, male or female, that you're meeting that seems to have healthy or sustainable relationships with ex-partners is not necessarily a non-narcissist. We're going to go deeper. We're going to look at it more. Okay, it's very important to understand that when we examine the narcissistic model, that there are several things that are very important. Now, firstly, the narcissist is a no-self. And what that means is that a narcissist needs mirroring. He or she needs energy from the outside from someone else to confirm that he or she exists. And this is why when you are spending time with a narcissist, you may wonder why you're feeling drained, why you're feeling tired, because unconsciously, what's going on? 
is that this person is draining energy from you. They're needing your reactions, they're needing your responses, they're needing your energy to know that they exist. Now what this means in the case of the altruistic narcissist, this means that the narcissist is very, very capable of putting him or herself last and putting everyone else first in order to receive attention, praise, approval and worthiness. For the altruistic narcissist, it's exhausting, obviously, to have to be the great person and seek out others constantly in order to gain such approval. And what this is, is I need to be all of these personas for all of these different people in order to obtain energy from them. I have to wear so many hats for all these people. Now what the narcissist is also doing here is he's, he or she is trying to suppress the damaged true self that exists under the mask of the false self. And that's a big job and that takes a lot of work. However, the altruistic narcissist will relentlessly persist in being what everybody else appealing to everybody else in a way that he can get attention, praise, approval and worthiness. It's also important to understand that the narcissist will perform such acts knowing that he or she feels false whilst doing it. And in constructing these acts of generosity, they have agendas connected to them, which is getting that energy from people. The narcissist is very capable of feigning concern, empathy, compassion, love, support and tenderness. These genders are all centered around receiving the supply that the false self requires to maintain the image of being lovable, worthy and special. To try to gain the inner fullness that the narcissist is incapable of creating or maintaining for him or herself. Now naturally, of course, what happens is these hits of supply wear off and they need to be pursued again and again and again, because this is what's happened. This is what happens when it's not a genuine, authentic self. A genuine, authentic self can have and know the energy of approval, self-approval, self-love, and self-worthiness. The narcissist isn't capable of that. It has to come from the outside. So this is why the narcissist has to relentlessly create it. It's really important to know that you cannot believe in anyone who displays severe narcissistic behavior as you would a non-narcissistic person. And I'm going to describe the exact behavior that will separate a genuine caring giving person, which the world has. They absolutely exist. Or an altruistic narcissist. You're going to know the difference. Now, when it is an altruistic narcissist, you cannot believe that when this person looks you in the eyes and declares, and it will look like it's coming from the bottom of their soul, because narcissists are very, very consummated actors, you can't believe what they're telling you. How much he or she loves you, the undying love, the undying commitment, etc. It cannot be believed, and it's actually not genuine. And one of the reasons for that 
narcissist, and this turns up time and time again with the altruistic narcissist. It's reported often. A narcissist is capable of malicious pathology of declaring undying love and commitment to his love partner and simultaneously being able to declare identical scripts to other individuals in order to secure sex, attention or recognition. So, for example, an altruistic narcissist is very, very capable of being charming, telling people that they have commitment, that he or she loves this person in order to simply get sex, energy, attention or resources. So what that means is the words themselves are meaningless. It's actually the results of approval and worthiness as narcissistic supply, which is important to the narcissist. Now, the next point to understand is, actually, I'll just recap on that a little bit. As we know, teenage boys especially, not so much girls, because of their libidos, may be very capable of telling girls that they love them in order to have sex with them. Now, I promise you, that if a grown man or woman is playing those types of games with people to secure sex or attention for self-serving agendas, that is absolutely narcissistic slash sociopathic. And anyone who is a mature adult playing those games is a very unsafe, unhealthy and disordered individual that you should be having nothing to do with if you know they're capable. Okay. So the next point is narcissistic entitlement. And this is important. And in regarding the narcissist's sense of entitlement, we need to understand what's going on. His or her sense of entitlement is generated from the false self. The false self demands obedience without question. So this is the mask. This is the script that the narcissist has portrayed as the false self to hide the damaged real self. So the false self needs to be unique, adored and agreed with. When an intimate other does not follow the constructed script of what the false self requires to maintain itself, then the narcissist can change from the adoring soulmate into the ruthless persecutor on a dime. And for people that have been with an altruistic narcissist or any narcissist, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, here comes the inevitable doubt of I love you not. The defense mechanisms of the narcissist's personality, as well as his or her neurological brain wiring, are firmly set to defend the image of the false self. Fiercely and jealously, any threat for the constructed false self is dealt with harshly, vengefully, and vindictively. Now, the incredibly heartbreaking and frustrating part of it for intimate partners, children of altruistic narcissists, is the narcissist, especially for love partners who supplies, is that the narcissist has not expressed what his or her internal pain is before the eruption occurs. So the love partner is completely blindsided. So what can actually happen here is you're being adored one minute, you're being told all the things and all the actions in life are actually saying, 
we're together, we're committed, we're creating a life together, I adore you, you're my one and only, etc. And then all of a sudden, that has all been thrown out the window. Now the truth of the matter is, the narcissist has neither the emotional resources nor the desire for intimacy. So the narcissist is terrified of intimacy, which is into me see. And true intimacy, what that is, is about being very, very comfortable with your unhealed parts, being very honest about them, taking responsibility for them, and sharing them with your love partner so that both of you together can support and heal and grow. And the book Spiritual Partnerships is all about that. Also to um, Five Agreements is all about that. Mastery of Love is all about that. No, and, and that's what true intimacy is about. Now the narcissist is mortified and terrified by true intimacy because the narcissist inherently believes if you really see into me, you will see how deceptive, unlovable and unworthy I really am. So the narcissist's self-rejection under the mask, he believes or she believes that if you see what's under the mask, that you are going to reject the narcissist. So this is why the false self is such an important part of the narcissist's life. In fact, it's, it's, the, it's the main construction in the narcissist's life. So the narcissist does not have the resources to have trust, connection or emotional honesty to supply his or her partner with what's bugging me, what's going on for me, what I need to talk to you about. Nor does the narcissist have the emotional intelligence to take any responsibility for his or her atrocious reactions when the narcissist erupts. And you would have experienced this, absolutely. Accountability is not forthcoming from the narcissist in any shape or form. Now, what we need to understand is this is actually not personal. When you're caught up in it, it's intensely personal because you've had a person adoring you and then turns on you on a dime and tells you all the reasons why I don't want to be with you, you're not a worthy partner, um, I don't want this relationship, etc., etc., etc. So it feels very personal when you're in the middle of it. But we have to understand it's not personal because the narcissist simply cannot fathom beyond, you need to pay, I need to punish you because you have not agreed with the construction of my false self. So until aware, the abused love partner perceives the following. One minute there is a person loving you like no other, and then a moment's notice this same person has turned, looked at me with pure contempt and using whatever tool in their arsenal they have to maim me and hurt me the most. Now this attack will often occur as a result of the slightest critique, comment or even glance, which is often unintended. And because narcissists carry deep unresolved wounds, that hairline trigger is very, very fine. So the normal non-narcissistic people that do have a sense of self, a slight comment or a slight critique, even constructive or a look or a behaviour, is no big deal. 
For a narcissist, it's an enormous deal. The narcissist also too may assess that he or she is not getting enough approval in, because you've got to remember what they're needing is approval and worthiness. They need that from an outside source. So if they feel that it's not being granted in a particular moment or in a particular situation, the narcissist can fly into a vengeful rage of having to defend his or her false self. So that means that if your greatest fear is abandonment, the narcissist may threaten to break off the relationship or will end the relationship. You'll get dumped in a heartbeat. If the withdrawing of affection hurts you the most, the, the narcissist might ice you out for days. Not speak to you, not connect to you, not hear you. So the narcissistic personality intimately knows and uses a weapon which is going to punish you the most for not obeying the narcissist's one true master, which is firmly his or her false self. You are never going to be able to compete with that because that's all there is. Now, in these episodes, if you ask for accountability, if you try to set boundaries or you state your rights, you're going to be attacked harder. You're going to be accused of everything the narcissist is doing and more. You're going to be gaslighted. The narcissist might pull in third-party allies. And you're going to be punished with lies. And you're going to be smeared to anyone who will listen to the narcissist. And what smearing is, is delicious lies and projections about your character to be able to bolster the narcissist's ego of not being wrong or imperfect. So what happens in these episodes, inevitably, is you're going to be walking on broken glass because you're going to begin to tiptoe around these horrendous episodes. And what's meant to happen, according to the narcissist's false self, is you are supposed to cower into the submission of serving the bottomless, unrealistic and unhealthy expectations of the narcissist's false self, which above all means never to question the narcissist, never critique and never threaten through her self-constructed mirage of perfection or specialness in any way. Now, obviously what happens, they're in the honeymoon period, because, you know, this person is wonderful, they're altruistic, they're giving, they're generous, they're loving, they're attentive. You know, you're going to think they're wonderful. So you're not going to be questioning and critiquing. Now what happens is when these episodes start happening and you realize that you are with a person that has the capacity to pathologically lie. They have the capacity to create smear campaigns against you. They have the capacity to act maliciously and vengefully. When that starts happening, you're going to start questioning. You're going to start doubting. You're going to get paranoid. You're going to get unsafe. Of course you're going to question. Of course you're going to challenge. And of course you're going to critique, which is going to make the punishment worse and worse and worse. 
Now, what is confusing about the altruistic narcissist is when you get through those doubts one way or another through either submitting or being able to force the narcissist into some sort of accountability, which is always a horrendous mind-bending, drawn-out task. And non-narcissistic people don't behave like that. I can assure you they're accountable. Okay? And they value relationships, they value love, and they do take responsibility. Narcissists don't. But when you get past those doubts, you may have the altruistic person back. You know, staring you in the eyes, telling you that there's an absolute commitment, that they love you, it's not going to happen again, blah, 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 blah. And then what happens is that the slightest critique, the slightest hiccup, or the slightest uh, bubbling up of the damaged true self that the narcissist is covering over of I'm not getting, I'm not getting that entitlement of approval and energy and worthiness and specialness from you, well then the eruption is going to happen again. Okay, so you need to understand no matter how giving, loving, caring, attentive your narcissist is, if they are capable of pathological lying, if they are capable capable of taking umbrage at the slightest critique, if they are capable of being non-accountable, if they are capable of acting maliciously and having no concept of empathy about what they've done to you, you are with a narcissist. You are with somebody highly personality disordered who is incredibly unhealthy to have a relationship with. You need to understand Okay, so the warning signs are very, very important. And of course, there and Okay, hang on one sec. I was on the wrong bit of what I needed to work through with you guys. Okay, so now you can understand. If this person is acting out narcissistically, you can logically close the gap on the discrepancy and realize why the narcissist is also capable of acting so wonderfully. Be very clear. This I love you, I love you not behavior is not love. Love does not behave like this. You are not a worshipped and adored love partner. You are merely being groomed, often brutally, to serve the narcissist's old self, which is what the narcissist's entire life existence is about. It doesn't even come into it. And you are not going to lose out on love by breaking free from this person. You will instead align with your ability to heal and create love for real. Okay. So because of the ongoing work I'm doing with victims of narcissistic abuse and my own deep inner growth work, I'm becoming more and more intimately aware of how we can understand what narcissistic abuse is and really knowing what our particle is in it as well. So we need to understand that this sort of behavior is not love. And if we're staying in it and we're, uh, and we're permitting it and we're signing up for it, we're certainly not loving ourselves. Okay, so of course recovery is simply not as easy as just knowing this. And I know from personal experience, absolutely, that we need to look at it deeper. We need to go a lot further with this. So I want you to understand some really important stuff about 
the warning signs of an altruistic narcissist, okay? Because you could very, very easily get involved with an altruistic narcissist because they appear as being so genuinely kind, giving, caring, and wonderful people in the world. Now, there are great people in the world, absolutely, that are genuine and they are giving and caring and wonderful people. These people do not act out narcissistic rage, malicious, sinful acts, shifting from a I adore you to I abhor you on a dime. They don't pathologically lie and they don't smear and they don't punish. Be very, very clear. If you're a wonderful giving narcissist, the person who declares you are the love of his or her life, he or she would take a bullet for you, step in front of a bus for you, do everything for you and always be there for you. And even if they act in those ways, if they also act out the severely narcissistic behaviours, the giving was never about you. It has always been about supplying and preserving the narcissist's false self, his or her mask. Also be very aware that the other connections this person has to people he or she cares about, especially ex-partners or acquaintances of the opposite sex or same sex if it's a gay relationship. If there are acquaintances that these people help and it's declared that their relationship is with them because they want to help them, this is not only feeding the narcissist's false self, but it could be very well compromising the emotional and sexual fidelity of your relationship because the narcissist is very, very capable of constructing whatever he or she needs to be to that particular person in order to receive attention, approval, worthiness and sex. Naturally, we know it can be really easy to fall for a potential partner who portrays how generous, altruistic and caring they are not only to the people they care about, but possibly also the world in general. So altruistic narcissists are very, very capable of donating their time and doing some wonderful stuff to help the community. Okay, so it's important to beware of these warning signs to avoid getting involved with an altruistic narcissist. So this is anyone who professes how important romance is, how they have an incredible amount to give in love, and how they want a partner who can love them as much as their capacity to love. Especially if this person worships the concept of unique and idolized love. And Gary writes about that a lot in his book because a lot of that can be to do with seeking external power. Okay, so number two, if you meet an altruistic narcissist, an ex-partner may appear on the scene, especially if this ex-partner freaks out about the narcissist having you as a new partner and starts declaring the relationship still exists that with the narcissist, that he or she is still having sexual contact, etc. Do not just accept your new partner's excuses to discredit this information because he or she seems so genuine and so wonderful. Usually where there is smoke, there is fire. Altruistic narcissists need attention, adoration, and usually sex. They cannot bear being alone. So another sexual hookup in the wings is very, very likely. 
and because the narcissist is a pathological liar and because they are capable of saying or doing anything to feed the false self, it is very, very possible that there is a crossover that this person is having sex with other people or another person while they're beginning a relationship and or during a relationship with you. So beware of anyone who does the self-promotion of being generous, giving and caring. If they're grandstanding that, if they're selling that, about what a fantastic partner they are, beware. Generous, giving and caring people just are that. They don't have to go around promoting it, grandstanding it and selling it as this is the wonderful partner I will make for you if you get involved with me. Okay, the next point is, if this person, if you discover that they've had an abusive and or unavailable relationship with his or her parents, now significantly with males, beware if this is his mother, especially between the age of zero to six years of age, because that's when the narcissistic defenses and the denial of the true self take place and the false self becomes firmly established at a very, very young age. Now, if you hear from a potential love partner any expression such as, I want to own your heart, I want to own your soul, this is not a declaration of healthy love. It's a declaration of narcissistic possession and control. Healthy love partners that are working at authentic power and authentic relationships do not want to own somebody else's heart. They want that person to firmly have responsibility and the fullness of their own heart and to share their heart and their love with the other person. Ownership doesn't and possession does not come into it. Male altruistic narcissists are often predators, but they act as if they are supporters and carers of women. They appear to revere, protect and promote women. However, like all male narcissists, they are actually misogynists, demanding the mirror of love, approval and worthiness from women that they didn't receive from their mothers, generally, and they will seek revenge on these women, which is really revenge on their mother when their false self unrealistic entitled expectations are inevitably unmet. At the very least, women will be dismissed as not good enough to meet the insatiable needs of approval of the false self. So be very, very careful also if you meet somebody who actually says to you that all the women in his past were not good enough for him. They didn't have all the criteria and he may even tell you that he used to tell these women how they were deficient in these areas of support or intelligence or capabilities or contributions or looks or whatever. And this is the false self-grandstanding saying, you are not special enough for me. Altruistic narcissists are very capable of creating multiple sexual partners and telling women whatever they need to hear to believe that they are exclusive partners and that the narcissist is practicing fidelity. As Sam Vaknin states, narcissists know they are amoral. They know they lie. They recognize this. The truth is they don't care. Okay. 
So the information I'm giving you in this radio show is to help you get very clear if you're dealing with a horrific confusion that maybe this person is not a narcissist because this person does have wonderful attributes. And I really, really hope that you can understand now that the the point-blank narcissistic behaviors, and I'll tell you them again, which is pathological lying, which is taking umbrage at the slightest critique, non-accountability, the ability to act maliciously and vengefully, and the ability to create smear campaigns is point-blank highly NPD. It is personality disorders. And it is, and it means that it's in-game that you are not going to be able to have a healthy, functioning, safe relationship with this person. Absolutely not. Okay, so let's get it off the focus of the narcissist because you actually know a lot of my work's about that. I do believe it's very important to get clear about this because I too, in my narcissistic relationship, had an intense experience of confusion for quite some time because it was an altruistic narcissist. Okay? So, getting clear is important. Then what we need to do is we need to understand how to heal, how to break free, how to have no attraction to that, and how to break the pattern within ourselves. So, what I've become more and more intimately aware of through helping others, my own personal journey, and being deeply connected to the empowerment and the healing to recover from narcissistic abuse, is that how many parts within us can mirror the attraction connection to a narcissist and what they are and how we can target them in order to heal them. So when I say mirroring, in no way am I saying that you are a bad person. And in fact, the opposite is more than likely. Now, narcissists get with codependents. They get with people which have high levels of integrity. They have people that have the capacity for empathy and compassion. And those things are very much used against you in a narcissistic relationship. So when I say mirroring, I'm not saying you're a narcissist. What I'm saying is that there are unhealed parts and fearful belief systems that make you not only susceptible to narcissistic abuse, but they can make it excruciatingly difficult for you to leave, heal, recover, do no contact without the addiction and move on. And this is the case with most victims of narcissistic abuse until you release and heal these parts of you that match narcissistic abuse. And when you do that, when you accomplish that, the pain, the symptoms disappear, so does the heartbreak, so does the attraction and the obsession and the feelings of loss. And in fact, you open up into relief and gain and the creation of your true self and your true life. Now, the reason that we have these matches are and how we can release them is it's at a belief system level. It's at an energetic, emotional, and neurological pathways level. And when you do the deep inner work, you are no longer going to be a match for the energetic systems and the belief level systems that control your life. They're going to be completely 
different. You reprogram them and you're not a match anymore. So the ultimate goal is to do this inner work to such a depth that the narcissist no longer feels like your reality and you know that you would never, ever tolerate or endure such behavior like that again. So what that means is finally you have broken to a level of what is or isn't my truth. And there is a very powerful truth in life. Whatever we will tolerate, we're going to receive it because this is a life's way of cleaning up our boundaries, our deservedness and our identity. And our identity is who am I and who am I not? And for many of us, there may have been things that we naturally would never accept in our lives and we know that. And we walk out the door at the first instance and then there were gaps. There were things that we were not clear and in our power on. And what that meant is we were going to get those things in our life until we were. And that's what the narcissistic abuse experience is all about. So if we have been narcissistically abused, our greatest healing liberation is to change this pattern. Now because I am so passionate about this, you know, very soon, I'm going to be releasing to NARP members, which are people on the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program, who are already working deeply at their inner identity self, even more shift tips and techniques so that you are going to be able to directly muscle test, target and release the parts of yourself that hooked into and stayed hooked into the pain of narcissistic abuse. And these are the parts of yourself that are struggling to recover. And these are the parts of yourself that could be keeping you separated for healthy relationships. So for those of you who know how to muscle test, and there's going to be the link on how to muscle test in the article coming out tomorrow if you're not sure yet or you're not already working with it. If we were to muscle test such beliefs such as, I love men or women, if you're a guy or if you're in a gay relationship, who hurt me. You muscle test that. You get a yes on that. You're going to start understanding what, what's been playing out in your life. Okay, you, if you muscle test this belief, if I let go and I am alone, I will die. Now this could be a deep DNA survival program that you've got in your inner identity that you haven't healed yet. If you haven't healed yet, you've got to hang on no matter how much you're getting abused. Or when faced with abuse or insanity, I have to fight against it and change it and stop it happening or I'm going to die. Now those are some of my personal beliefs that kept me hooked up in a bullet into abusive situations. And it wasn't until I absolutely worked on those, discovered all of them and released them that Narcissistic abuse to me became, what was I thinking? Absolutely. And the knowing that in a relationship, if I received pathological lying, if I received malicious behavior, if I received non-accountability, if I received umbrage at the slightest critique, if I received somebody that had the capacity to smear me with malicious lying, that would be it. There would be no ifs, buts or maybes. That is not my life and I will never tolerate it. So until I cleaned up this stuff within me, 
I promise you, cognitive dissonance was massively playing out in my life and it does with so many people that have been narcissistically abused. And what that means is if your belief systems are still stuck on the matches for narcissistic abuse, your brain is going to find every excuse to discount it, hang on, make excuses, focus on the good times and not get real or clear. Our brain follows our belief systems. It will always default back to our unhealed parts. The identical thing is happening for the narcissist. The, the narcissist's brain functioning wiring, and we know it's insane. We know it doesn't make sense, and we know it's absolutely pathological. The narcissist's brain is following his or her unhealed parts. Now, the difference is, a narcissist is not going to strip off the mask, drop the false self and ego and do the healing work on those unhealed parts. A narcissist, to a narcissist, that is emotional annihilation because the narcissist believes he or she will never be worthy or acceptable without the mask. I cannot be loved for being myself. I'm not worthy for being myself. I will be abandoned. I'll be rejected. I will be a no self which are quite ironic because the narcissist's false self has meant the narcissist is a no-self. We're different. If you are not a narcissist, you have the ability absolutely to heal your unhealed parts and get massive relief and breakthroughs and create an authentically empowered life and authentic relationships and truth in your life. And that's the beautiful stuff. So those belief systems that I've talked about I'm going to put them in the newsletter as well so you can muscle test them. And I promise you that these few that I've mentioned are only the tip of the iceberg. There are so, so, so many more belief systems that can be creating you as a match for narcissistic abuse and keeping you stuck in the pain and, and the pain of recovering even if you have got out of narcissistic abuse. And that is the huge challenge in regard to narcissistic abuse. And the contemporary model does not cover that. You know, it states that you are going to be psychically vandalized, terrorized, and struck with post-traumatic stress disorder or traumatic stress disorder for an extended period of time. Now, the truth of the matter is, when you get to the belief and you change your belief system, which don't change your neurological brain wiring, none of that is going to exist. It's going to be like, what on earth was I thinking? I promise you. So that's the great stuff. So I really hope, hope that this radio show has helped you. And I would really like you to share it because I think it's important that people that are really struggling with the is he or she a narcissist because he or she can be so wonderful? I think it's very important. I also think it's very, very important information so that people can know the warning signs as an altruistic narcissist before getting involved with one. Okay, so that's it for me, everybody. And just as a reminder, before I go, 30-day challenge is coming up. Please subscribe to Empowered Life and Love if you haven't done so already. For those of you that have been working through narcissistic abuse recovery and are feeling empowered enough, that's really what this 30-day challenge is about. It's the next step. For those of you 
that feel really struggling recovering the abuse, please do yourself a favor and have a look at the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program first. It's really important to walk before we run. It's really important to lay essential foundations. And please know you cannot drive a shiny new car into one garage space when there's still a rusty wreck in the way. You've got to heal your abuse matches connections and pain before you can get on to establishing breaking free from codependency and interdependency and interdependency. If you are working the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program and you're really committed to that and you've got time in your life, by all means, add the 30-day challenge in there. It's all going to help. So lots of love, everybody. I've really enjoyed doing this show and I will be talking next week. Okay, bye-bye.